little boys who took them out with grandma right before Christmas. And at that time, she met with the little boys and started to bed. She said, okay, let's go. And immediately, the youngest little boy, he started praying that he probably was Well, 
fight to the death to protect his job. You know that? There's Jesus fought for us. He fought for us at the whipping post. He fought for us as he carried his cross of Calvary Hill. He fought for us when they put the nails in his hands and his feet. Jesus fought to the death for you and me. For three days he fought death, hell, and the grave, and on the third day he rose up victorious and is seated at the right hand of God. So I guess somebody Jesus fought for us. Amen. Now I need my two volunteers. I got a project and a poetry. Y'all come on and stand up and sit around here. Y'all ready? We got the music department and music poetry. Poetry and the project. Y'all didn't do anything too good on the Arthur Legends today. All right, y'all. So they're going to sing, and then you guys are going to act it out. You ready? Y'all ready to sing with us? Here we go. All right, you got to do it good. All right, y'all hang tight. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Y'all gotta do it twelve more times, <laughs> eleven more times. I don't know. I can't count. I could count. All right, so what's the first one? All right, represent Jesus and. The cross. Okay, number two, we got two turtle doves. I hear the drums go a little bit in the house this morning. <laughs> I'm here, I hear you, I hear you out there. <laughs> All right, two turtle doves. Next one, the one they represent, they stand for the two testaments of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So in the early days of Christianity, there was a lot of dispute. There was a small group of people who said, we don't need the Old Testament, let's just take, we'll take the New Testament. They said, you know, the Old Testament's full of all this stuff, but what they didn't understand is that Scripture cannot be broken, right? The Old Testament gives the New Testament context, and the New Testament explains the mysteries of the Old Testament, right? The whole Bible is God's gift to us. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration. How much Scripture? All. All of it, every bit of it. The Apostle John calls Jesus the living word. Jesus is the word of God in the flesh. The whole Bible is his story from beginning to end. In Genesis, he's the creator. In Exodus, Jesus is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the great high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day and the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the mighty conqueror. In Judges, he's the righteous ruler. In Ruth, he is our redeemer. The story of Jesus is woven all through every book of the Bible. In First and Second Samuel, he's the son of David. In Kings, he's the sovereign Lord. In Chronicles, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Ezra, he's our temple. In Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder of broken walls. We got anybody, Jesus has rebuilt some broken walls in your life? Come on, in Esther, he's our intercessor. In Job, he's our day spring from on high and our ever-living redeemer. In the Psalms, he is our song and the reason why we sing. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is the meaning of life. In the Song of Solomon, he's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000. In Isaiah, he is Emmanuel, God with us. In Jeremiah, he's the balm in Gilead. In Lamentations, he's the ever faithful one. 
In Ezekiel, he's the one who makes the dry bones live again. In Daniel, he is the ancient of days, the everlasting God. In Hosea, he is the faithful one with unending love. The whole Bible is his story. In Joel, he's our refuge. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's the Lord of the kingdom. In Jonah, he's our salvation. In Micah, he's the good news of the gospel. In Nahum, he's the jealous God. God will not be satisfied with you, sir, and some other false god. Uh-uh, baby. He wants you for himself because he alone is the source of life. In Habakkuk, he's the Holy One. In Zephaniah, he's the one who restores. In Haggai, he's a cleansing fountain. In Zechariah, he's the one who was pierced for us. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his week. Come on, tell somebody, he's my healer. In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's a miracle worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's the righteousness of God. In Corinthians, he's the one who gives us victory. In Galatians, he's the one who sets us free. In Ephesians, he's the head of the church. In Philippians, he's the one who meets all of our needs. The whole Bible is his story. The Old Testament and the New Testament together in Colossians. He's the image of the invisible God. In Thessalonians, he's our blessed hope. In Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. Y'all see where I'm going with this? In Titus, he's the reason we serve. In Philemon, he's the friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. What God started in your life, he is able and he will bring to completion. In James, he's the great physician. In Peter, he's our example. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he's the God of everlasting love. In Jude, he's the only wise God, our Savior. And in Revelation, if you don't know it by now, I'll tell you, he is the soon coming king. Come on, tell somebody, there's nobody like Jesus. Come on, tell somebody else, the Bible is his story. Hallelujah. He's the master of the mighty, the captain of the conquerors, the overseer of the overcomers, the governor of governments, the king of kings and lord of lords. Nobody like him, church. Now I need two turtle doves. Can I get two turtle doves? Okay, anybody? Anybody? Don't, don't, don't all bum rush the stage all at once. We got to Oh, I see two turtle doves right now. We got a, a mama dove and a baby dove. Come on, let's hear it for our toe. Clap softly. Uh. <laughs> All right. Act, act out your turtle dove. Do your turtle doving. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to sing? Here we go. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves in a partridge in a pear tree. Okay, we got we got to do it again because I need to hear some more dove sounds over here. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right, ready? Here we go. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. There we go. <laughs> all right, next we have the three French hen. Three French hens. These represent the gifts of the wise men. Matthew 2.10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
So Jesus came as prophet, priest, and king. The gold represents his role as king, not only as a king, but the king. The frankincense represents his role as a priest, and it was the uh, frankincense was used as an offering of worship to God in the temple, and the Bible calls him our great high priest. And the myrrh represents his role as a prophet. You see, Islam calls Jesus a prophet, but they deny his greatest prophecy. Mark 8, 31, Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. This is what Jesus prophesied, his death, burial, and resurrection. And myrrh is a fragrance used for burial. Jesus was literally born to die. Isn't that powerful? He came to live so that he could die for us, that through his death we might live. Isn't that wonderful? Now I need somebody to be one of the three French hens. Do I have a volunteer to be a French hen this morning? Uh, anybody? Okay, here we got the French hen. Come on, here for the French hen. Okay, now, uh, you've got to say something French, but not like, pardon my French, but something like, you know, ha, 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 mais oui, ha, 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 vive la France. I like to eat baguettes. <laughs> All right, you ready? Okay. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three Frenches. That was very good. That was very good. <laughs> All right. Number four, we got four calling birds. The four calling birds represent the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are God's calling birds. These were written calling sinners to Christ. Amen? John 20, 30, 31, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The four gospels are the four calling birds calling us to faith in him. In fact, we believe in him because of the four calling birds, the four gospels that have been proclaimed through the ages. Amen? Amen? Now I need two volunteers to be calling birds. You could be a married couple. You could be friends. You could be strangers. And you can bring your cell phones up here as props because all oh, you got to call each other. I need two calling birds. Two calling birds? Huh? Don't make me call you. Huh? Okay, we got one calling bird. Now do we have calling bird number two? There we go. Y'all come on down. Listen, listen, how many preachers ask you to bring your cell phone up in church? Usually we, we, we throw those things out. Amen. All right, so when it's your turn, you guys just call each other. Get creative however you, however you want the call to go. You want to decline the call? You want to answer the call? That's up to you. Friendly calling birds, introverted calling birds, I don't know. You can text each other. 
Let's see what happens. Y'all ready? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds. Hello? <laughs> oh, Paul got declined. Three French hens. Two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. So that's our four calling birds. Thank you, guys. Four calling birds, the four gospels. Next we have, y'all remember what's next? Oh, you sang it. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Good job. Extra credit. The five golden rings are the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Dell. you going to be our five golden rings? That's what I'm talking about. We got early volunteers. I love it. <laughs> the first five books of the Bible, these are called the Torah in Hebrew, the Pentateuch in Greek. Did you know that Jesus quoted the first five books of the Bible more than any other part of the Bible? And for those of you who say we want to throw up the Old Testament, I will tell you, as a matter of fact, Jesus did not quote not one single verse out of the New Testament. See, <laughs> so y'all get that. <laughs> <laughs> but he quoted more from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy than any other section of the Bible. And in these first five books of the Bible, the five golden rings, we find the creation of the world, the fall of man, the source of sin, sickness, and death, and the love and the mercy of God. All right, Sadell, you're the five Golden rings. So when we do the golden rings, which hand are you going to point? Which hand are you going to? There you go. You got to point and say bling, bling. You think you can do that? All right. Y'all ready? Here we go. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling birds. So that's our five golden rings, first five books of the Bible. Next, we have the six geese a laying. <laughs> I can't wait for this volunteer. The six geese a laying are the six days of creation when God, by his word, brought forth life. Genesis 1 1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And look what he said on the sixth day. Genesis 1.31. God saw everything he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Not only did God create the world, God sustains the world. Come on, tell somebody he sustains it. The hand of God hung the sun, the moon, and the stars in the heaven. He placed the earth in its position to stay there. And if God can hold them up, he can hold your life up too. Come on, somebody. Jude one twenty four. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. God is able to sustain you, church. Now, I need a goose to come lay an egg. 
Who's going to be our goose laying? Oh, come on down. Oh, y'all got to clap better than that. This man's got a hard job. We got our goose laying. You ready to lay egg? I mean, I'm not looking for a real egg, so. Y'all ready? Let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm going to sit on the front row for this one. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a-laying. He said insert eggs here. of the Holy Spirit found in Romans 12. Romans 12, 5. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. We need more encouragement in the body of Christ, don't we, church? Amen. If your gifts to encourage, encourage. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Amen. 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 <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever prayed a prayer like this. Ah, Lord, I forgive them. <laughs> That's not Bible mercy. Do it cheerfully. God, I forgive them because you forgave me. Amen. I was extra this morning. Now, I need the swim coach and the swan of swimming to come on come on down. In fact, you guys move that way just a little bit. We got to make room this morning. We got the swans of swimming. You guys move on down and we're going to in fact move on to the move on to the wall and that way we'll have room. Uh, Okay, so, well, you don't have to, you don't have to bunch up that much. You come this, this way a little bit. Insert eggs here. You can come. We got to see that right here in the camera. So, you're the swim coach. Where to put my whistle? There we go. It's never been used, I promise. And then what you're going to do when she blows the whistle. You got to swim. And if that was swimming, I, I'm drowned by now. Okay. Are you ready? Let's see. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, yeah. Let's put the swimmer front center. <laughs> Y'all ready to sing? All right. Here we go. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans of swimming. <laughs> Six geese a-laying, five golden 
French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Somebody check on that partridge. <laughs> Next we have eight maids of milking. <laughs> the eight maids of milking represent the eight beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. What is a beatitude? It's a fancy word for Jesus said, blessed are or blessed are. Matthew 5, 2. Jesus opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is poor in spirit? Jesus, without you, I'm nothing. I, em I empty myself of myself. When I am weak, you are strong in me. Amen? Amen? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. I forgive them. <laughs> for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Notice what it doesn't say. Blessed are the, it doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. Then say, blessed are those who compromise and keep their mouth shut just, just to maintain the peace. No, blessed are those who step in and aggressively make peace. In other words, this is not right. I'm not going to put up with it. We're going to serve God, and we're going to do things his way. Can I get a amen? Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God, and blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom. You know how Jesus made peace? Some people think Jesus was a hippie walking around blowing kisses at butterflies. You know how Jesus made peace? He ran into the temple and turned over the tables and got a whip and kicked people out because they were deceiving God's people. Mmm, hey. <laughs> Don't try it at home, Amen. But the peacemakers are those who establish things God's way and not man's way. Amen? Amen? All right. When you're blessed by God, he gives you peace that outlasts the problem. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? All right. So let me get the, uh, the, the maid of milking. The maid of... There we go. All right. We got our, got our maid of milk in this morning. I can't wait. I just love our church. Y'all are so much fun. <laughs> Y'all ready to sing? All right, let the, the, let the mic man get in place here. You ready? Here we go. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight maids of milk <laughs> Partridge is sleeping. 
Next, we have the 10 Lords of Leaping. An English Lord represented authority and rule of law. Oh, did I skip one? Oh, I skipped a fun one. The nine ladies dancing. The nine ladies dancing represent the nine fruits. And I'm glad y'all caught that. Look, y'all are having so much fun, you don't want to leave early to get to lunch. <laughs> Wish I were like that every week. All right, nine ladies dancing. They represent the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and his desires. When you make the decision to follow Jesus, you're making a commitment to allow the Holy Spirit to produce these things in your life. Notice that it's not the works of the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That means if you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and you allow Him to daily work in your life and shape you and make you and mold you, these things are naturally coming out of your life as a Christian. Somebody once said, if you call yourself a child of God, at some point there ought to be some family resemblance. Amen. Come on, tell somebody, I'm a work in progress. Next, I need two ladies dancing. Two ladies dancing to represent the night. Can I get two volunteers? Just, okay, we got one. Now we got another. We need a second lady dancing. You know, don't let, anybody? Huh? Don't, don't everybody dance up front all of a sudden. Nobody? Anybody? Somebody? There we go. <laughs> all right. Now, this is up to you. Y'all know from last time, we only have one rule, no club dancing. I know y'all wouldn't do that anyway. We have, you know, no twerking while the Lord's working. All right. But just dance however you want to dance, your own interpretive flow. All right. Y'all ready? On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, my lady's dancing. Eight makes a million. Seven's one to swimming. Six Represented authority and rule of law in the same way God has given us the ten. You figured it out. God gave us the ten commandments to establish boundaries and protection for us. God didn't give us the ten commandments to punish us or restrict us, but to liberate us and keep us within his boundaries. Amen. They're found in Exodus 20. Don't worship anything other than God. Don't make idols. Don't take God's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. And do not covet. So, do I have a leaping Lord in the house? Huh? Huh? If you can't leap, can you hop? If you can't hop, can you scoot? Where's our leaping Lord? Brooks, can you leap? You look like you can leap. 
think he can leap. Brandon, okay. We got a leaping Lord. You're not the sleeping Lord, are you? <laughs> Alright, you ready? Here we go. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings. Bling, bling. Anybody know 11? 11 pipers piping. <laughs> 11 pipers piping are the 11 faithful apostles who remained true to Jesus after his crucifixion and resurrection. Did you know of the 11 faithful apostles, 10 of them were martyred for their faith in Jesus? Obedience always comes at a cost, church. Of the 10 who were martyred, seven of them were crucified. James was beheaded by Herod. Philip was crucified in Greece in 54 AD. Matthew was killed with an axe in Ethiopia. Andrew was crucified in Greece. Peter was crucified in Rome the same year that the Apostle Paul was executed. Bartholomew was beaten and crucified in India. Thomas was pierced by a spear in India. Simon the Zealot was crucified in Britain. Thaddeus was crucified in 72 AD. And James, the son of Alphaeus, was crucified in Egypt. These were not fair-weather Christians. These were believers who laid down their lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They paid a price for Jesus. They paid a price for you and me. They went to the ends of the earth so that the gospel would eventually reach us where we are, church. When I read about early missionaries who left the United States to go preach the gospel overseas, did you know that most of them packed their belongings in a coffin? They said, I have no plans of retreat, no plans of coming back. I'm all in for Jesus. That should be an example for you and me. So when we hear about the 11 pipers piping, we should remember the 11 faithful apostles and how they were all in, fully committed their everything to Jesus. And that's a model of how we should live our lives. Now, I need... You know, we're almost done, so I don't want y'all to miss out. I mean, uh, however many pipers want to come and pipe, y'all you know, just come on, come on down, okay? All right, Malachi, anybody else? Anybody else brave enough to come and be a piper piping? All right, there we go. Okay, come on down, gentlemen. Now, the original, you got to think this is 1600s Britain. This was, the original was bagpipes. But you guys can invent your own piping sounds however you want to do it. I mean, pick your own instrument. Choose your own adventure. You ready? Let's see what happens. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 pipers piping. 
You, you know what? That was so good. I want to hear that again. Let the reset. Let's put it back over. <laughs> On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love came to me. Well, you gotta wait for the word. <laughs> We got some ambitious pipers over here. <laughs> They're into it. They got gumption. I, I admire it. And one, and two. <laughs> On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping. Ten lords are leaping. Nine ladies dancing. Eight maids are milking. It's a list of 12 things compiled by church leaders to help learn the foundational principles of Christianity. How many are familiar with the Apostles' Creed? Okay, a few of you. I'll go through them this morning. One, I believe in God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Two, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Three, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Four, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Five, on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Six, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Seven, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Eight, in the Holy Catholic Church. Not the Roman Catholic Church, but the Holy Catholic. That means universal. That means I believe in the body of Christ. Number nine, the communion of the saints. Ten, the forgiveness of sins. Eleven, the resurrection of the body. Twelve, life everlasting. Amen. The 12 drummers drumming remind us we need to know what we believe and live accordingly. Amen. We live in a world of confusion and conflict with the truth, but God's word is truth and we can stand on it and rely upon it. Amen. All right. Here we are for our final run through. You guys have done so great. Y'all ready for this? All right. Here we go. We got Mr. Galen Parks is going to be our 12. Drummers, drumming. Are we ready? Now, you guys, this is our last. This is our last one. I mean, the time has come to say farewell to all our company. So you've got to give it your all. I mean, I need Emmy-winning performances out of every one of you. Okay, this needs to be like over the top because you guys are on YouTube right now. 
This has got to be like, we're, we want viral performances this morning, okay? We, 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 want, we want the whole world to see this moment in Goldsboro, North Carolina. We want Goldsboro, when they come to Goldsboro, we want the sign to say, that church that did the 12 days of Christmas. You know what I mean? Like Seymour Johnson all over, over the base, like the 12 days of Christmas base. You know what I mean? Like North Carolina, not the old North State, the 12 days of Christmas State. Is that reaching too far? No. The United States of the 12 days of Christmas. Feature the generation, church. Are y'all ready? All right, y'all got to help. Sing loud. Here we go. Top of your lungs. Here we go. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming. Carol the same again, will you? For spiritual reasons and other reasons. <laughs> Do you notice that every, every line of that song says, my true love gave to me? In case you don't know, that true love is talking about God. Because nobody ever truly loved you like God loves you. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he loved us first. Romans 5, 8, the most beautiful verse in the Bible to me, that God demonstrates his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest Christmas gift of all is the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible says in John three sixteen, we read it this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave. Will you stand this morning as we pray? God, I just want to thank you for loving us. Lord, I want to thank you for every good and perfect gift that you've given us. And I want to thank you above all else that you gave your very best for us. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Lord, thank you for the gift of Jesus. God, that when we were at our worst, God, when we were unlovable, you chose to love us and give your son to die on the cross for us. To set us free. God, I thank you for that wonderful gift this morning. If you're here right now in person, listening online, by radio, by CD, you need to know Jesus Christ is God's greatest gift. 
The truth is you won't find salvation anywhere else. We live in a culture that likes to believe that all paths lead to God, but that's not what God said. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Other religions say do. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to go on a pilgrimage. You have to follow these lists of rules. You have to meditate. Jesus said, it's done. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He already did the work. He already paid the price. Salvation is a free gift to all who would receive it by faith. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you have an opportunity this morning right now to receive eternal life, to receive the forgiveness of your sins, to live the life that God created you to live. Why don't you make this Christmas season the best Christmas of your life? Receive God's greatest gift, the gift of salvation, a new beginning, a brand new start through Jesus Christ. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer, and I want to ask you to just pray this prayer with me by faith. And I want to ask my church family, will you pray this prayer out loud in support and encouragement of those who are praying it for the first time today? Pray with me, dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Set me free. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. And Jesus, with your help, I'll live for you the rest of my life. Amen. If you pray that prayer a minute with all your heart, you made the greatest decision of your lifetime. The Bible says that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your old life is gone. You are brand new in Jesus Christ. In fact, we can celebrate that this morning. If you've been set free by Jesus, will you just celebrate today? God, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for new life. We thank you that the guilt of our past is gone and that our future is bright in you.